Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Phil Svitek, and I'm joined today by Megan Lin, who is a former intern over at AfterBuzz TV, who's now blossomed into many things, uh, chiefly among them a host. Um, her latest venture is 10-Minute Talks, uh, which is a series where she interviews various uh, healers and inspirational people, successful people, uh, akin to kind of what, you know, what I aim to do, but just in a, in a different light and things like that. Uh, she's a journalist. She uh, has a social media marketing background, among other things, like the list of things that I know her to have done and, and um, do is, is really vast. Um, so welcome to the show, Megan. It's so good to be here. Thanks for asking me. Of course, you know I love I love whenever I get to share uh, my friends' successes. So um, so in that way, you know I, I saw what you were doing, and even before that, but now with this new show, um, I felt like it was a good time to reach out and be like, you know, let's talk. And so I guess that's a good jumping off point. Like, um, I mean, I can kind of venture why you started it. You've kind of you know in your trailers you've stated it, but you know it. I, it seems like it came from your need to, you know, with quarantine and so forth, people were dealing with so many uh, mental health issues and just anxiety in general. And in a way that this was your way of kind of, you know, helping ease that tension for people. Would that be correct to say? Yeah. Something that really hit me during the pandemic was how Instagram didn't really change. Like the influencer culture of always having to look perfect and have the filter on and show kind of the highlight reel of your life never really changed. And I was trying to keep up with that for a while. I had set a goal at the beginning of 2020 to post on Instagram every single day because I thought it would be a good creative challenge and put myself out there more. But that very quickly fizzled out once we were in lockdown and at home all of the time. And I was kind of racking my brain as to what are some ways that I can bring more positivity to social media. And originally in my head, I wanted to start some sort of IGTV series, something along those lines. That's just a couple of minutes. And I was like, well, there's a 15 minute cap on IGTV. What could I do with that? And from there, it kind of spiraled into this short form podcast called 10 Minute Talks. So it's kind of similar to TED Talks where you might have an expert on that's knowledgeable in several different things, but each episode is just one topic for 10-ish minutes. I try to keep it within there, but sometimes it goes a little bit longer. Uh, yeah, I just started reaching out to people who either were a friend of a friend or someone I had seen on TV or in an interview or read their book and thought I got a lot out of them and I really want to ask them about X, Y, and Z. And that's how it started. So it went from me just wanting to bring a little bit more positivity to social media to being YouTube and uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, um, certainly it's, it's one of those things like it, it's, you know, I always look at things like selfishly if they help you, but they can also help other people, right? So they don't have to be like one or the other. They can actually be both um, in that sense. And so I'm curious, like you, you mentioned like, uh, you know, friends of friends or people that um, you aspire to. And obviously I have the list of of guests that you've had on so far, but like, you know, in general, what are the things that you gravitate towards in terms of the authors you read or, you know, you, that you, people you find inspiring? I think anyone who talks about mental health is so huge for me right now because I think it's finally starting to become a little bit less taboo to talk about it. And people are starting to be a little bit more acquainted with various mental illnesses as opposed to kind of experiencing the symptoms, but not really having a label for it. So just shoving it down. 
So people like Dr. Judy Ho, who was on The Doctors and on Face the Truth on CBS, who talks about self-sabotage and how that correlates with mental health. I felt like that was a really important topic right now is people are kind of struggling with losing their jobs and not having that part of their identity to focus on during quarantine. And then people like Jamie Torkowski, who founded Detroit Love on Her Arms, which is a really big mental health nonprofit and focuses on sharing people's stories and their recoveries and mental health. So I think things like that are definitely huge for me. And then just people who have really inspirational stories who might have had either like a non-traditional path or overcame a really big struggle because I think we can all see ourselves in those stories. Anyone who's had a very A to B straightforward path to success isn't relatable for a lot of us or anyone who kind of had something handed to them, which really is so few people. So for that reason, I like people too, like Liana Walenda. She's a part of the Flying Walenda family, which is a really famous circus family. She's seventh generation of that family and is really well known for wire walking. And back in 2017, she got in a really terrible accident and fell off the wire, broke multiple, multiple bones in her face and her legs and her ankle. But within two years from that in 2019, she and her brother Nick walked over Times Square. I forget how many stories. I think it was 25 stories above Times Square on a wire. And I had remember seeing, having seen her And that was a really hard period for me because that was right after I graduated from college, like two months after I graduated. And I was very much in a space of not being sure what my purpose was or what I was supposed to be doing, kind of being paralyzed by fear. And she's someone who could have very easily been paralyzed by fear after her accident and decided to not get back on the wire, but she didn't. And that was such a turning point for me mentally. And so when I had seen her do that, I said to myself, someday I'm going to interview her. And I reached out to her before I launched the podcast as one of the first people I reached out to. And she said, yes. Um, And so I think people like that are always inspirational too. That's very cool. Um, No, that's, that's really wonderful. And you know, there's a couple of ways I can go with this and I want to explore as many of them as possible, but um, you mentioned like, what's your purpose? So do you feel like now you have identified that or are you still kind of looking and whatever feels right that's what you know you're going to go with or how would you kind of categorize yourself yeah oh man asking about purpose is so hard um i don't know i think like i think or, we have like two, sorry i, I mean have, so, 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 no, sorry or if, if you want to reconsider uh, another way you know sometimes be, like what's your why instead of like what's my purpose in life you know what's the why that drives you maybe if that's easier to answer i don't know Yeah, I think it's almost like we have like an overarching purpose in life, but we have different pathways for walking that out. And um, for me, like I've always known that my purpose is like, love God, love people. And I think that that's ultimately like what everyone's purpose is, is to make the world a better place and to love each other and to build into each other. But we have such different paths for walking that out. And for me, I think, you know, I started out, um, always doing musical theater and acting and bands and like all the creative things when I was younger. And then I studied broadcast journalism. I got into hosting. Now I'm back into acting. I started taking voice lessons again once quarantine started. And so I think like all those things come together to guide me towards storytelling. So I see that as kind of my why or my overall purpose, because I think it can be easy as someone who's in a creative field to see it as kind of like a vanity thing or surface level. 
But I think we've seen, especially in the past year, stories are the things that bring us together and can give us hope. And they're the only things that really outlive all of us. And I think through telling our own stories and also being a vehicle through which other people can tell their stories is something that's powerful to me because it's helped me so much. Like the people who I interview are people whose stories have helped me. And so I just see that as like another vehicle through which I can like bring that to more people. Yeah, that's really wonderful. And, and one of the things, you know, um, if, if you're willing to kind of go a little bit deeper with that, I love to kind of almost paint the picture, you know, it, it, at that time when you were trying to figure out your purpose. Because one of the things that fascinates me with you is, uh, you know, you're, you're someone who is very young at the start of their career. You know, you, to, in my mind, you pretty much just graduated college. Like, you know, I know it was like a year or two ago, but there's no real difference to me. And, and especially living, you know, as someone that just like enters the job market pretty much. And like, this is what you're faced with. And um, that like fascinates me from the perspective of, you know, what your outlook on that may be and how you're kind of grappling with that. Because obviously I have a much very, you know, different experience of that. And so I'm just, you know, can you kind of paint that picture of what that felt like, you know? Um, and even even the outlook on the future that you have, you know, people always talk about like, we got to, we got to save the planet for future generations and so forth. And I look at, you know, you're, I, you to me, like you're part of that generation that we're trying to save it for. So how do you view us of like these assholes who just left us this mess? I don't know. I'm, I'm, it, that, that, I don't know. It just fascinates me to get to know that viewpoint. Um, yeah, I mean, I think anyone who graduated college in the past two years has gone through a major shakeup that none of us could have expected. It's hard enough being in that transitory season where, you're trying to start something new and you're likely entering a a decade of probably moving several times, starting several new jobs. As we know, millennials aren't like past generations where you start a job and you're with that company for 20 years and then maybe with another company for 20 years and that's your career. We're much more likely to job hop and to be constantly building on top of that. And so it's already such like a confusing, unstable season and when I graduated, I knew that I was going to take some time off. I needed to figure out what I wanted to do because the path that I took in college was very much, I studied journalism and many of my peers and what our professors encouraged us to do is take the local news route. And I always had gravitated towards entertainment. And I also came from an acting background and I knew that I wanted to get back into that at some point. And so it didn't, it was hard not to, because I did get job offers in local news but having interned the summer before my senior year and after buzz and getting exposed to that side of things made me pretty confident I wanted to pursue entertainment, but I didn't have a job straight out of school as many people don't. And so I took that time off to like work at a restaurant and wait tables and figure out what I was doing. And it's really hard when you have a degree in something and you think you're supposed to be doing one thing because it's what other people say you're supposed to be doing do local news or take the network route, like one of those two things. And you're like, no, I just need to wait it out. Like, I feel like I'm supposed to be in LA. I feel like I'm supposed to be doing entertainment. So I'm just going to wait it out. And so I just kept applying to jobs in LA while I was still living at home in North Carolina. And then in March was when I finally got the job working for Sophia Marusa, a girl boss managing her social media accounts. The week that I was supposed to move to LA full time instead of being back and forth between coasts, which is what I'd been doing before, 
the NBA shut down. That's when COVID got really real. And there's just been continued instability since, not just for me, but for everyone. Um, I ended up being let go from Sophia's team in October because of COVID stuff, which a lot of people are also in that similar position, not just young people, but people of all ages across the country. And so for me, that was when I instantly pivoted to doing 10 minute talks and I started taking on freelance social media clients. And so I think had that happened, um, maybe before I had interned for AfterBuzz when I was exposed to so many people who are juggling multiple different things and freelance and act and direct and write and produce and who also have restaurant jobs or side hustles or side businesses. I think if I had experienced that, having not been around all of these different people from AfterBuzz and NLA who are used to kind of balancing multiple things and having their own things going, it would have been a lot tougher for me. But I kind of understood the importance of pivoting, I guess, from that and also not knowing that not everything's guaranteed and you have to kind of um, forge your own path and do things for yourself. And so I'm still very much in a transition season where I'm working with like a couple of freelance social media clients. I'm working on my own show. Um, I'm in classes. I'm in lessons. I'm applying to some jobs in LA still that are mostly remote. And so I think um, it's really difficult. And I feel even more so for people who are in leases. Luckily, I didn't get into a full-time lease before COVID started. So I'm still living at home and I'm not paying rent, which is amazing. But I feel so much for people who have houses and children and who have bigger responsibilities. But if you're not tied down to that and you do have some flexibility during the t this time, I feel like one of the biggest things that I've learned is that life is too short and too precious to not go after you wanted to play it safe. I think it was, I'm trying to remember, I think it was Jim Carrey in a graduation speech yeah. that he gave a couple years back had said, you can fail going after what you don't want. So why would you not go after what you do want? And I think that's what this whole past year of being in quarantine and year and a half of being out of school has taught me is that nothing's a given, even if you take the safe path. So I'm choosing not to. <laughs> and it's scary, but um, it feels like a lot more freeing and a lot more like me. Well, that's incredible. I mean, it's, it's, it's very fascinating to me, almost this duality of you have this incredible patience, yet, you know, as you're talking about, like, no regrets. So like, you're, you're still walking your path in that sense. And um, the word patience, I think, takes on a lot of meaning for, you know, various people and, and we all try to have patience. Um, but how do you, I don't know, like, I don't know if you think about it or not, but I'd love to kind of explore that from your perspective of, of how you're able to have that, because I do think you have it. And That's I'm curious, like, how, it is, it is. And, and so like, you know, have, do you like consciously foster it? If so, in what ways? Or, you know, is it just something that, you know, through your upbringing? Or, I don't, you know, where do you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I definitely feel impatient at times. I think, I think it's like a little bit easier career-wise to view things through the lens of everyone's career path and plans have been taken off track because of COVID. So like, there's really no such thing as being behind or being off track right now, because what is the track? We're all off of it. Like everything's kind of all over the place right now. But 
I, and I still, even with that, I still definitely feel like I want to be further along and I want to be doing more, but I, for me, I view everything through the lens of my faith. And I think whether or not you're Christian or religious or spiritual at all, I think we all put our faith in something. And for me, it's that if God wants me to have something, I'm going to have it when I'm supposed to have it. If God wants me to be in this job, in this position, in this location, I'm going to be there when he wants me to be there and not any sooner, not any later. And I'm supposed to be where I am for a reason. And I have seen that play out for like various reasons. Like I almost signed a lease in January of 2020 before I had a job. And that would have been a mess because I would have gone in the job in March, but I wouldn't have even been going into a physical company. None of us would because we were all working from home. So I see how things kind of work out when they're supposed to. And I've seen that during COVID. And so that's kind of like the face side of things for me is knowing that, like truly knowing like a deep sense of knowing that I'm going to end up where I'm supposed to when I'm supposed to. And it's not about my own timeline. And so that's part of it. But then I think the other part of it with having patience is kind of recognizing that there never really is an end in sight. Like at the end of the day, we're all going to die. And that sounds negative, but I don't mean it in a negative way. Like that's the finish line. It's not, the finish line isn't a job. It's not an award. It's not a title because once you get that thing, what do you do then? Like you still have all this life to live. Like we both worked for Maria Menounos at Afterbuzz and she talks about all the time how it's a struggle when you get all of the stuff you want when you're really young because then you run out of things to live for. And so something that's kind of shifted my perspective in the past year is you have to get it in your head that if you're actively working towards your goal, if you're actively working towards your dream, then you are living your dream. Like it's not about an end goal because the end goal for all of us is just finishing our life and doing it the way we want to and living our values and being with the people we want to be with and all of those things that come with that. But you can't see the end goal is just getting the job or you'll never enjoy the steps leading up to it. Yeah. Are you familiar with um, eulogy values versus resume values? Out of curiosity. No, I haven't uh, heard of that. Yeah. Um, can you, I, I mean, I, I can probably, so it, it's the idea, right? Um, that I think everyone, like a lot of people, not everyone, I shouldn't say everyone, but a lot of people, they, they put value into resume um, values, right? So, it, you know, stuff of like knowing this, knowing that. And the idea, of course, you know, when you flash forward and someone's reading your eulogy, they're not going to be like, this person worked for five years at this company, then they switched over and became the CEO of this company. What they're going to mm-hmm. talk about is, you know, eulogy values of this person really made an impact on this person or these people. And, you know, you can look at this time of like, you know, because like even in the grand scheme of things, right? Let's say someone doesn't have a job right now, but they're out there helping someone in this moment, right? That's the thing that people are going to remember. Not like, well, the person didn't have a job during COVID, you know? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely kind of understand what you're talking about of like thinking of, and I tell that to people of all the time of like, uh, you know, I, I joke with them, like you realize the finish line is death. So you don't want to, you don't want to get to the finish line quite yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I get, I get what you're saying with that. Um, with, um, what are some of the, you know, you mentioned like, um, the, the little tidbit about Maria and, um, and things like that. What are some of the, you know, I don't know, we can make an arbitrary number five, 10, three, it doesn't matter. 
um, things that like have stood out to you from the mentors that you have had, whether it be Maria or, you know, for the um, Sophia or any, any other people that you look up to as mentors? Like lessons from them or specific qualities or? I guess both, you know what I mean? Because I mean, a specific quality could be something that you want to emulate in yourself or, you know, a little piece of advice that you can apply. So to me, they're one and the same, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I can do, I'll do three for free, three people. So I'll start with Maria and Kevin. Um, for Maria, I think something I was so inspired by is when I was coming into After Buzz, I was, had just finished my junior year of college. And like I said, I went to a very great comm school where most of my peers who were on the journalism major end up going into local news. And I always felt like I had interest in other places. Like I wanted to do entertainment, but I also wanted to do journalism. And I also wanted to do all of these other things and getting to meet her and see that, you know, she's never put herself in a box. She's an author. She's acted, hosted, done hard news and entertainment news wrestling like so many things across the board I know I'm missing more than that but that's really inspirational and like I mentioned earlier too how she said like you have to have things to look forward to and I feel like she's always created that for herself and always been doing something new and I love that and that really opened my eyes to that being a possibility and not letting people put you in a box that you have to be one thing because it's not about them it's your life (laughs) and what you want to do and I think making your life small is never good for yourself. Like you're limiting yourself, but you're also limiting your impact on other people. And I think viewing it because especially for women, it can be hard to just go after what you want because women are often taught that that's selfish and that we should just like want to be moms and be wives and not be that ambitious. But so I think viewing it through the lens of when you're playing small, you're not just hurting you, you're hurting all the people you could potentially have an impact on. I think that's really important. And then from Kevin, there's been so many lessons I've learned from him. But one of the biggest things is to just keep moving forward and just keep doing because I think especially during the pandemic, like your anxiety can get so bad and it can almost be debilitating and make you freeze in your tracks because we're losing our jobs and our plans are completely off course and you can just freeze when you don't know what your next step is when you just put yourself into the creative like he always talks about and just keep acting on acting toward your goals and just keep doing things that are productive that helps so much and not only are you moving forward when you do that but it also helps alleviate a lot of the stress because you see that you're taking the right steps in the right direction so of like all the things he said that's been particularly impactful for me during quarantine and then one of the things I think from Sophia Amoruso who I had the pleasure of working at for a girl boss and on her personal team. One of the things she talks about publicly a lot and has more since quarantine started is this idea of imposter syndrome. And you wouldn't think someone who's built multiple successful multi-million dollar companies and is a New York Times bestselling author and has her own Netflix show and all these incredible accolades would struggle with feeling like she's an imposter, but she's talked openly about how she does because she did take a non-traditional path. She didn't go to business school. She doesn't have the same qualifications and she started very young um so I think seeing that even the people we look up to and idolize struggle with feeling like they're not enough or they somehow don't belong in the positions that they've absolutely earned is really relieving (laughs) because it makes it feel like it's okay to feel like you don't have it all together 
but it's also a great reminder to see that like if they don't feel like they have it together and they definitely do then maybe the thoughts and the things that I'm telling myself in my head aren't actually true either yeah no no I agree and it's almost kind of um an endearing quality I forget um who said it but um the idea like the leaders that we want are the ones that don't really actively seek the position because they don't feel they're mm -hmm. qualified for it um yeah. which is a weird kind of dichotomy you know because but um but anyway i digress and one of the things i want to kind of circle back towards um you know uh we were talking about patience and you know the idea of for you uh god kind of you know uh putting things in your path when you're ready but i think some people you know, I, th I think there's a fallacy where some people think like, oh, if if uh, if it's not if, if it's not placed in front of me, then God doesn't want me to have it in the sense like I still like you're, what you're highlighting is you're also working towards something. So it's not like you're just idly sitting back and being like, all right, let me just watch Netflix today. And when God's mm -hmm. ready for me, he'll give me a phone call or, you know, I'm just being facetious with it. But but in that, can you speak a little bit to that idea of, you know, you still have to be active. That, that I, I don't know I, I'm a, I, I love in, in conversing with you I'm you know there's this like weird duality of things right you know patience as well as hard work or um you know an ambition and so forth right so yeah. I want to just kind of explore that in terms of the religious aspect if, if you will yeah I mean talking about the duality it's like you can look at both extremes you can look at you can burn the candle at both ends but because like you're not inviting your faith or God or something bigger into the picture. You don't have the energy to keep doing that. So eventually you fizzle out or you can just lean back and wait for God to drop something into your lap. And that's not going to work either. I think there is a balance in that. Um, something I've heard people talk about is like, we're co-creating with God, which I really like that. I, um, I go to mosaic in LA. Um, I've been watching it online because quarantine and I'm not in LA right now. But something that I think it was at the beginning of 2020, um, the lead pastor, the lead pastor at Mosaic, Erin McManus said, was we get so caught up in what is our purpose? What am I supposed to do? And he said, just do something good. Like, just do something good. Don't get so caught up into what your purpose is. Like, if you're off, if you're on the wrong track, God's big enough to push you onto the right track but don't get frozen and just do nothing or wait for him to drop something into your lap when he's just waiting for you to move. Like you kind of have to meet him in the middle on that. And I also think it gets back into how I think at the end of the day, we're here to help each other and love each other and build into each other. And you can walk that out in so many different ways. And so I don't really think there are any wrong choices. Just listen to like what you feel is on your heart, what you feel drawn to. And then what are the ways that you can use that to help other people? Yeah, no, I 100% I agree. And I think to me, it comes from almost like the ego where it's like, oh, I want to, uh, you know, I want to solve world hunger. And it's like, you know what, like literally, and, and I think that's what it freezes people because then they go the other way of like trying to overthink of what has the most impact. And it's like, you know, you and I could throw a, a proverbial rock right now and like hit somebody that needs help. Right. So, you know, it does, like you're saying, it doesn't really matter if, you know, you're, you're trying to solve, like, whatever it is you do, uh, it, it, it helps somebody. And if you just do mm -hmm. that, then then it's a positive thing. Like, there's just, you know, unfortunately, there's so many things in this world that do need help, you know, and people and so mm -hmm. forth. And, and yeah, um, 
have you um you know in that sense like i'd love to talk to you about like activism right because for me it's been a big shift in terms of how i view the world and things like that and, you know kind of also my purpose right i think i don't think creativity is selfish because i think that that is a way of helping people and so forth but for me personally i i've also start to identify the things that are you know blessings in my life and things like that and how i can apply them on a bigger scale um and i'd love to kind of you know just just get your viewpoint on how you're kind of looking at the larger world and how um you're also you know helping um you know in things that perhaps aren't as public um and you don't have to go like into you know things that you don't want to share but but just kind of the generalizations of stuff you know um if that makes sense hopefully it does yeah Wait, can you elaborate a little sorry <laughs> yeah so i mean you know one of the things so for me that i try to do is um is uh i'll get you know there, there's a lot of food charity drives right so i'll buy you know um, a lot of times they serve breakfast and things like that so for me i'm like you know what i'll you know uh, they have like a sign up sheet through google docs and i'm like all right i'll get eggs and i'll get bacon and i'll make it and you just kind of do it and then you drop it off and, mm -hmm. you know, I don't, for me, I don't talk about it or post a lot about it because it feels like, um, like signaling of like, I'm this great guy, like, look what I'm mm -hmm. doing versus like, to me, what the cause is. Um, but it, you know, so I, but, but I actively try to do and look at, you know, just small things that have big impact in my world, such as that, because, you know, for me, what is it like 30 minutes of just food preparation, when in reality, the amount of people that it ends up helping through a collective, not just me, um, has a huge impact, right? And so I, as much as I try to focus on the things that I'm working on, I also try to take that step back and be like, okay, you know, and I guess it's a balance of career and personal, if I had to kind of dumb it down, I don't know. Yeah, no, totally, I get that. I think um, this is another thing that Kevin talks about a lot that I really love is focus on your microtransactions because I think from a mental health standpoint, for one, when you look at the news, it's the very most extreme examples of what's going on in the world. But you go out and you go to the grocery store or you go to class or to the coffee shop or wherever it is that you're going, those typically aren't the experiences that you're having on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think similarly, we see these like blown up examples of humanity at its worst on the news. We also see the examples of celebrities and people with a lot of wealth and entrepreneurs who are able to do so much. And we think that, oh, well, when I get to this point in my career that I want this job that I want, this, and I have this platform that I want, then I'll do good. But I don't think that's the case. I don't think you can wait to become the person that you want until you get something that you want. I think who you are now is who you're going to be when you have that job, when you have that platform when you have that position of power just at a magnified level. So you have to focus on being that person now. And um, I think we can do that in like a lot of little ways, whether it's donating to a GoFundMe that you see pop up, if you feel called to do that, or if it's helping pay for someone, this is something I've seen my mom do before is someone didn't have enough money to pay for their groceries. So my mom paid for their groceries for the person ahead of them. And that seems so small, but it's so impactful. And then thinking about what are the things, it doesn't have to be monetary. What are the things that you have that could help other people? Like since I graduated, I've been a part of the mentor program at my university. 
and working with like a different student each semester who gets paired with me who wants to go into kind of like a similar career path. And I don't need to be at this point in my career where I have like this huge platform to be able to do that. Like they're still in school. There's experiences I have that they don't, that I can help them with. And I think this is like another biblical thing too, but like when you can be trusted with little, you're given more. So I think taking whatever it is that you have, talent-wise, platform-wise, capability-wise, financially, and using that to the full extent that you can to help other people. And it doesn't have to be this big thing. It can just be your microtransactions every day. But that makes a difference. And it might make more of a difference in the person you're helping, the person you're helping's life than you think it would when it's not even that big of a deal for you to do that little thing for them. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. And, um, you know, two things related to that. Like one, um, I've, I've made a very conscious effort on my part. You know how people say like, oh, if you're thinking about a person, just read, you know, just text them or let them know and it'll brighten up their mm-hmm. day. And you're like, oh, that's at least for me. I'm like, oh, that's a nice thought, but you never, I, I never do it. Um, and then I was like, you know what, what's it, let me just do it. It might, you know, it might feel awkward to be like, Hey, you know, like you were on my mind today and just wanted to wish you a happy day. And then, you know, the responses I got when I started doing it, I was like, Oh, this means a lot to people. Like, all right, mm-hmm. what, you know, what's that really cost? And, and also too, like for me, what the benefit of, of years, like there's some people that I knew in high school, you know, who have kind of reached out and said really wonderful things about X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, I don't even remember that interaction. Um, and so like, it's, it's fascinating to me when you, at least I, as I look at it, like when I release my ego and and just do it from a pure heart, you know, like the smallest little thing that I think like means nothing to anyone can have such a huge impact. So yes, I, I percent agree, um, in that regard. Um, what I'm curious, uh, you you mentioned, you know, you're kind of mentoring. So, you know, what, (laughs) I mean, I, I can take a stab at like what is going through um, these students' mind, but like, you know, on a, on a general level, what it, what's kind of, you know, worrying them? Is it more the career aspect of things or like the fact that we're in a pandemic or a mixture of both? I don't know. I think a mixture of both. The hardest thing right now is when you're going into something that's so like, like no one in media or entertainment really cares what your GPA is or what classes you take. It's about how much practical experience you have and hard skills that you have. And you get that through internships. So everyone's like, how do I get an internship? And if they're about to graduate, how do I get a job? And everything's remote right now or places aren't hiring. They're letting people go. And so I think those are like the biggest concerns is how you get that hard experience, which is where it comes back to for me from having that exposure from people at AfterBuzz who side hustle so hard and have so many different things going for them. When I did lose my job, I was able to pick myself up and be like, well, I have the skills to freelance so I can seek out my own clients, which I did. I can build my own thing. Like I'm not able to host an audition for things as much as I would like to right now, but I can build my own thing. So I'm still getting tape of myself and I'm doing something that helps people and that brings me joy too. So I think I have been trying to push them as much as possible to building their own things as opposed to anything else. The same with some people I've talked to too who are considering because I guess historically, like when you look at the recession in 2008, that's a good time to go to grad school because it can defer your loans more and you're in school and you're learning and you're not focused on getting a job. 
But for things like what we're doing that are more focused on work experience and networking and hard skills, I've talked to people who are like, should I go to grad school? And I'm like, I don't think you should get another $100,000 into debt. Like all of the things that like you're hoping to get out of that is basically like more tape of yourself or more portfolio work or things like that. You can create that for yourself right now without paying to do it. You could even get paid to be doing that work right now. So I think you have to get a little scrappy (laughs) during these times. Um, But I think that can also make you a lot stronger and a lot more marketable as a potential employee. So just creating opportunities for yourself as much as you can, I think is really important. Yeah. And and I think like, as far as any level playing field, now's the time, right? So like, you know, we're in our, 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 our homes um, and it's like Ryan Seacrest, Jimmy Kimmel, like they were all filming, you know what I mean? So like the, the, there was never so a better time yeah. to, to have a level playing field because it's like you're on quality with everyone else. <laughs> you know, people are just doing yeah. it from their homes. And people are getting like agents and getting signed and getting Netflix specials from TikTok. Like I just saw this article the other day that in the past year, 70 artists have been signed to record labels from TikTok which is crazy. So we have all these resources that are fingertips and it can be overwhelming and it could be information overload. But I think if you take the time to like do the inner work on yourself and figure out what are my passions? What am I leading toward? What do I want? And how can I use what's at my disposal to get myself there as opposed to just looking at the traditional route of I have to like apply to a job or be going to auditions for XYZ to get work when you could be creating it for yourself. I think that's such a huge blessing. And we should look at it like a blessing and not like, oh my gosh, this other social media platform that I have to worry about. Because it can be a tool if you use it as a tool. Yeah, no, I, I, in fact, um, I'd love to explore that more with you, um, you know, given your background and things like that. Because certainly, you know, uh, there's a lot of people that I talk to, like, oh, now there's TikTok. Oh, now what the hell is this Clubhouse thing? Now I got to be on Clubhouse. And, yeah. And this and that. And, and you know, sometimes people can default to of like, it's, it's just a garbage dump and so forth. And it's like, no, it's to me. And, and honestly, like I had to shift my perspective. Um, I guess it was like a year and a half, maybe two years ago. I was like, you know what? Social media really is what I make it. So if I choose to follow certain people over others, it's like I can curate that experience for myself. And likewise, I can put out what I want to put out rather than, you know, be dictated by what I think is going to mm-hmm. be the thing that gets the likes or comments or whatever. Um, so I don't, yeah, uh, just in general terms, like, can you speak to more of the good side of social media and how people should approach it? Yeah, totally. Cause social media isn't the problem. It's like real life people are the problem. Like I've had friends who move to new cities and they're like, I don't know if this place is for me. I don't have any meaningful relationships. I feel really lost. I don't have anything like going for me here. And I'm like, okay, well, what are you doing when you're there? And it's like, okay, well, they're like going out every weekend and they're not joining like any organizations outside of just like their nine to five job. Like they're not looking for people with similar interests. They're just around people who are also going out every single weekend and you will find what you seek. And it's the exact same thing with social media is if you're just following a bunch of people who have a lifestyle that you think is aspirational, but completely out of reach for you and ultimately end up making you feel bad about yourself because they look like they have the perfect life that's not serving you. And it's not that the problem is social media. The problem is 
who you're following and the kinds of things you're looking at. It's the same thing with like how, you know, like they've done studies that if you watch Fox News for hours on end every day, it's going to increase your anxiety because it's constant negative coverage all of the time. Like we're not built to deal with all of that and we're not built to deal with constant information overload. So I think it's feeding your brain things that are good for it. That's why I love TikTok because I just haven't seen a lot of negativity on there. It's just a lot of people exploring the things that they're passionate about from every angle, whether it's like science or psychology or music or acting or doing stand-up comedy. Like they're just like, it runs the gamut of anything you could be interested in, but it's all people who are taking their time to create something positive that helps, educates, entertains other people and I think that that's really beautiful. So in general, I recommend TikTok to anyone who's not on it, especially for creatives. Um, but then when it comes to things like Instagram or Facebook that can be less positive, like with things like Twitter and with Instagram and Facebook, if you don't want to unfriend someone or unfollow them, you can mute them. So you're not being mean. They're not taking it any certain way, but you're not seeing stuff that's hurting you. And then if it's just like a bunch of famous people or people you don't know that you follow her making you feel bad, unfollow them. I highly recommend doing a social media detox every once in a while and see who are you following that's actually like either a part of your life or is serving you somehow. And if they're not, and especially if they're hurting you mentally somehow, get them out of the picture and then focus on finding things, aside from cutting out things that are bad, focus on finding things that are positive. Like there's a lot of different influencers who post really helpful content. Like I've interviewed some of them, like Morgan Willette, who we both know, who posts like a lot of fitness and nutrition and uplifting stuff on her page. And Megan Gallagher, who's a mental health advocate and is constantly posting different meditations and breath work and resources and practices that you can be doing. She's actually on the episode of 10 Minute Talks that I'm posting today. Um, but so you can be following positive people like that and things that help you as opposed to just mindlessly scrolling through pictures of people who are quote unquote living their best life and super filtered pictures that really aren't a real representation of what their life looks like. I agree. And uh, something that came to mind as we were kind of talking about this, I don't know if you've ever felt this, but um but for me, there was an anxiety, especially like in the entertainment world of like, you're supposed to know this person. Oh, you don't know this person. And then I would feel like, oh, I'm, you know, like I'm, you know, not in or not as knowledgeable. And so like, you, you know, you start following a certain person or a certain brand simply because you're supposed to. And mm-hmm. um, for me, I had, a, you know, Seth Godin had this, um, he was talking about the idea that like, he's basically sold 250 million books and so forth. There's something crazy like that. Right. And it's like, there's still billions of people who've never heard the name Seth Godin in their life. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's like, that's, that's just it. You know what I mean? We, there's literally, uh, you know, close to, oh, we're going on 8 billion people in this world. So even if you had half a billion people that follow you, that's still far more people that have no clue who you are. And I was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that made, that made more sense. And so like, then I was just like, that kind of released me of this like need to constantly like have to know people. But um, I'm curious, like, have you had similar experiences of like someone like almost shames you for not knowing like this TikTok star or this Instagram or this famous actress? And you're like, Oh, I got to follow them. Yeah. I mean, there's so much content out there and especially being in the entertainment industry, you feel like 
you're falling behind in your career if you don't know everything of everything that's going on. But I think it's important to remember that, again, like there's two ways to look at it. There's a positive way and then there's a negative way. You can look at the fact that like there's too much to keep up with. And so I'm going to stress out about it. I'm going to beat myself up about not knowing everything that's going on. Or you can look at it in a super positive way where there's so many different streaming platforms. There's so many social media platforms like TikTok where more voices are being heard. We're getting a more representative look at what it means to be a human in different parts of the world and different parts of the human experience. And just find the things that you like and that resonate with you. And don't worry about spending too much time on the things you don't like. Even for, I mean, even for actors who are auditioning for series, a lot of the times you'll audition for something where you haven't watched it before. And so you might watch like a couple episodes to get like the flavor and the style and the tone of it. But no one has time to watch all eight seasons of every single TV show that's ever been made and every single film that gets nominated for award and listen to every single podcast that's a must listen like and watch all of these t- like you don't just want to be consuming content all the time. You want to be living your life. And I've definitely been someone who gets so much anxiety about feeling like I have to be listening to every single thing that like I have a podcast going at double speed while I'm working on this thing. But like, no, don't do that. And especially I think just like pay attention to how you feel when you're watching and listening to stuff. Like if you have to watch something because it's work related, that's one thing. But as far as what you're doing in your free time or to better yourself, if it's not actually inspiring you or teaching you or calling you forward in some way if that makes sense um I wouldn't bother with it because you have to live your life you can't spend all this time consuming or you're going to become all the things you're consuming you also have to spend time in relationship with people and actually producing and creating things yourself so I think if it's not feeding you in a positive way, don't spend your time on it. Yeah, I think tangentially related to the spirit of what you're kind of going for, although, um, I, and I hope you see it, um, there's like this Beatles quote, um, time you enjoyed wasting was not actually wasted. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like yeah. that one. Because everyone, everyone thinks like if they're not being productive, it's like the, the world's greatest sin. And it's like, no, if you had fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not bad. Um, yeah, I mean, back to the eulogy thing. I don't want to. I don't want to die. And people are like, "Man, she was so productive. I didn't even spend that much time with her because she was so busy working." Yeah, yeah, it's uh definitely. I think uh, I think I think you'll start to yeah the the eulogy values versus resume values. I think that's going to resonate with you. Um, yeah. As, as we wrap up, anything um that you anything else that you want to share that might be a benefit to you know my my goal is. Um, uh, aspiring artists, you know, um, things like that. So anything that can help them on their journey, whether tactically or just mentally. Oh man. Um, sorry to put you on the spot. (laughs) No, that's just a lot. Let me think. Um, I would say that if you feel led to do something, there's a reason for that. Our dreams don't come out of thin air they mean something and I know it can be really hard to put yourself out there. That's something that I struggle with, with when I launch 10 minute talks and with the other creative projects that I'm pursuing is I don't have this huge platform yet. And I'm not X amount along my career. And Oh my God, are people going to be like, who does she think she is like doing all of this stuff? But that's how we all start out. We all start out from square one for the most part, 
unless like you're born into like a super successful family. But for the most part, we all start out from square one. And so don't let fear stop you from what you're supposed you feel led to be doing. Keep leaning into it. And whenever you feel that fear, take a step forward. Don't take a step back and don't freeze because that's the only way you can guarantee that you definitely won't get what you want is if you don't take the steps to get there. And if for the most part, like the things that you think people are going to say about you, they're probably not. And if they do, the only way it can actually get to you is if it, you let it stop you from doing what you want to do. I don't know anyone who isn't a hard worker and nice to people I don't know anyone who's a hard worker and who's nice to people who isn't successful or who hasn't become successful at one point. And so just keep pushing forward, even when it's hard and even when you're scared. And if you have a cool story or something you want to promote, feel free to reach out to me because I'm always looking for guests on 10 Minute Talk. That's awesome. Well, I think that's a great message to end on. I'm, I'm glad I pushed you to to get that um and uh all your social media is pretty much down the at megan lynn correct at megan lynn tv because at megan at, lynn was taken <laughs> at megan lynn tv and megan spelled m-e-a-g-a-n you got it excellent well thank you so much um for those listening watching please go check out 10 minute talks it's really wonderful i'll link to it all all the things that she's working on i'll link to in the description box so that way it's a lot easier to get to you don't have to do any searching so please do yourself a favor and check it out and thank you megan